welcome into the Digital Dispatch podcast sponsored by Freight School Playbook. I am your host, Blythe Brumley, and on today's episode, I want to highlight a company that has been doing the right thing for a very long time. This trucking company based just outside of Dallas, Texas, has nearly a perfect review rating on Google and Facebook when it comes to their drivers, something that's nearly unheard of in this industry, at least in my experience. The company I'm talking about is BCB Transport, whose owner and CEO, Rick Larkin, has become successful in the industry by simply treating people the way they should be treated, doing it consistently and because of that good reputation and excellent word of mouth, it helps recruit and retain not only drivers, but their in-house employees too. I had the pleasure of talking not only to Rick, but someone who has inspired him to be a better person, a gentleman by the name of Mr. K. Ritchie. Mr. Ritchie is 90 years old, still plays softball, helped in the construction of the Panama Canal, a film writer, MIT grad, and seriously one of the more inspiring people that you'll ever hear from, as well as how sports, in his own words, has helped keep him alive even after a bad heart attack. This conversation also includes his son, affectionately referred to as K-Boy and lifelong friend John Hearn. The group gushes about how much Mr. Ritchie and his passion for life has meant to all of them, the importance sports placed on them meeting to begin with, and how it bonded them all together continuously through the decades. Just listen to how Rick talks about where the idea for the interview came from. You know, I was excited to have him here. That what an inspiration he was for us. And and but uh, I remember when I called you up on it. I don't know if you could hear it, but the excitement, the admiration, the adoration I guess I had for Mr. Ritchie for watching him out there with all of us playing softball and running. I mean, he went from first to second. He scored a run. He pinched run for for Johnny over here. And and the whole thing was absolutely amazing. It was. You know, for me to see Mr. Ritchie, who's just literally, when you see him, he's he, he is so full of joy, excitement from a, probably four years ago out there dancing at the reunion we had and and just a fall of joy. And and for us youngsters, and I like to say I'm still young, Blythe, I know I look like I'm in my 30s, but I'm pushing 51, believe it or not. I know it's a shocker to you. <laughs> Well, I can't see you. I all I can see is, is are the letters. So by the hey, letters and by the sound of your voice. Yes. Now, before I start playing the actual interview, one more quick thing to keep in mind. While we were having this chat, it was being broadcasted live to BCB's team of drivers on their new 24-hour radio program. It's a mix of music, safety updates, company news, interviews, and more, which the player for that can be found at bcb live dot com in case you wanted to see a sample of it. It's also a great example of using the content your company is already creating and putting it in a different format. This is a great example of a company going the extra mile to give their drivers a little bit of a stress break along with a positive story. Because I really believe that if you want to be better in both business and life, you have to set the example and constantly be looking for those who are doing the same positive things in life. So let's not delay any further. Hope you guys all enjoy this chat. All right, we're here today with BCB Transport crew along with their special guest to talk about the importance of sports and the role that they play in our livelihoods and overall mental well-being. Now, BCB is located just outside of Dallas, Texas. Rick Larkin is the company's owner and CEO. We're also joined by gentlemen affectionately referred to as Mr. Ritchie, his son Kay, and longtime friend Johnny Hearn. So, gentlemen, what brings you to the great state of Texas today? to see the World Series and hope that the Rays will win. 
So awesome. So uh, it's, I guess for, for those who don't know or those who aren't aware, can you guys sort of break down the, the relationship between all of you and what brings you guys together? Rick, you in particular, how, how did you get acquainted with this group? So when I was uh, when I was younger, my dad was in the military. I had gone to Panama Canal. So when I got to Panama Canal, just fast forward real quick. These folks were legends in the Panama Canal. They were the they were the folks that you just wanted to get to know. They grew up in Panama, though. They lived there their whole lives. I was just there from the my summer of ninth grade to my first year of college when I completed that. They spent a lifetime in there, and, and you know, honestly, I feel honored to be part of their life and out of that country where where you know we got to experience things that here in the states you wouldn't experience you know and and thankfully you know those guys they're all considered zonians i'm just like a wannabe knocking on the door like hey let me be one of you that's how i got to know um, all those guys you know john hearn he was the big baseball star he was the big athlete down there so you know and i was joking around with somebody say i remember when johnny first said my name i was like holy man he knows my name <laughs> and wanted to borrow money you know <laughs> And so now you mentioned baseball. We, we've talked about baseball a, a, a couple times already. Is that how you guys all really started to gel together is by playing baseball together? You know what? It was baseball. It was softball. It was it was live because even then we played a lot of softball together. I told you we went to, to uh, Tampa last weekend and that was to get together a reunion of mm. the Wilkie Warriors of the, our softball team back in the day. And that's when we all got to play again. So we played. I guess our what brought us all together was sports. You know, That's sports awesome. really did bring us all together, all sorts of ages. You know, Kay was a little bit older. You know, Kay was that <laughs> Kay was the older guy that was stealing all of our girl. He's the only one that had a job. We couldn't compete with him. <laughs> <laughs> so can you can you give us a little bit of a I guess uh, an age range of of how how old you guys were when you first all met together? Sort of paint that picture for us. Kay boy goes not important, you know. <laughs> You know, so it's just an important you know, no. <laughs> when we really started to kind of, you know, get to know each other, it was probably my junior, senior year for sure in high school. So, you know, Johnny was out of out of, Johnny was was playing baseball for the Braves, I think, during that when you know, on the on the minor league side when I met him. K boy, again, he was the guy that had the job. He had the Jeep. Had the boat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So you quickly got to know K-Boy. K-Boy is a few years older than I was. So K call, let's call K-Boy four years older than me. That, that, that's being generous. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you guys could say that you probably have a good story or two to tell everybody about your 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 baseball and softball playing days. Right. The thing is that, that um, as we grew up in the canal zone, and this is, this is K-Boy talking, as we grew up in the canal zone, uh, the canal zone was dwindling and getting fewer and fewer people. So we would, it didn't matter how old you were, if you had an interest in sports and, and going boating and all that, we just hung out together. So the age difference was not a big deal. Now, what do you think outside of sports, do you guys think that you connected on a different level or do you really believe that it was, it was baseball and it was softball that brought you guys together? You know, I think originally it was the sports that got us together after that. Um, and you, so even from this past weekend, when I, when my wife and I were coming back home, it's just that they're all good people. And it doesn't mean any of us are perfect, but you know what? There's not a group of better hearts than these folks that, that we all hung out, that we hang out together or talk still. There's not a better group of people with the right heart for doing the right thing. And, and I, that's what I like. And I think it's, it's emotionally attached to all of us and I'm not just mm -hmm. us, but to them and their other friends. And, and it's a big group of people, but there's an emotional touch there that said, if I needed something, 
I know I could call anybody from there and it would get done. So they would take care of my family and treat it the same. No questions asked. And I think it goes that way with everybody. That bond was so strong because it was you did everything together. Everything. Mm-hmm. Now, you you guys mentioned earlier about being in town for the Rays, you know, the World Series going on right now. Now, now, Mr. Ritchie, how did you become a Rays fan? Because as a as a Jaguars fan in in the state of Florida, I have to explain to people all the time about how I became a Jaguars fan. I imagine you probably get the same question a lot, too. So how did you become a Rays and a Bucks fan? Well, I was still in Panama when my oldest son was doing his residency in uh, in Tampa so we visited there and so we got and and his wife was working for a travel agency whose owner was uh, the owner of the Yankees and so we decided we'd be Rays fans so we could beat the <laughs> Yankees and i believe I, I heard that you you went to one of the Yankees world series games is that correct yeah well that that was in 1960 Exactly 60 years from today. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I then think, you're going to be appearing at another World Series game exactly, you know, 60 years I, later. That's incredible. I, I grew up in West Virginia and we're, we're about 50 miles from Pittsburgh. So we were able to go to that first game of the World Series in 1960. And our seats were out on the, uh, on the first base. And so when we were there, they were warming up and Roberto Clemente was throwing the ball from from the fence to the plate. It was yeah. amazing, amazing. That's that awesome. was a great experience. <laughs> and of course, the uh, the Pirates won that World Series with a home run. Man, it was great. W- would you say that that's your, your favorite sports memory or do you have another one that comes to mind? I would say that's pretty much the same. It was because I was with a favorite an- uncle and other people from my hometown. Okay, so Kay, I wanted to, to, to go to you for a second. Now, obviously, you probably have a lot of fond sports memories with your dad, but can you pinpoint a favorite? Well, this wouldn't be my favorite, but it was one about John Hearn here. <laughs> the, the, the thing is that uh, they had a, a league going there, and but uh, some of, them, of the players were from Panama, and they didn't get off work. So one day that the guy hadn't hadn't arrived, the second baseman hadn't arrived. So they put me on second base, and John was playing left field, and there was a, a ball went out there to him, and it bounced in it, and he threw it at me, <laughs> and and I was getting ready, and I was saying to myself, well, I suppose I would get bam, and it was, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> so this was. Uh, yeah. Then I knew I was in the big leagues. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. You guys stayed friends after that, clearly. <laughs> and, and that's what he did. He, he returned the favor uh, last, Saturday, last Sunday when they put me in to run for him. He, put, he was the manager of the team, so he was able to do whatever he wanted. So he put me in to run for him. And fortunately, we had some very good hitters behind me, so I could advance to second and to third, and actually to home to make a run. So that's my record in that league. Runs one. Awesome. Then you can just retire and just go out on top, right? That's right. Quit while you're ahead. (laughs) I don't don't see him retiring anytime soon. He's 90 years old. He still plays in a a Florida softball league in Venice. uh, He plays three times a week, which is a lot more than you can say about me. 
a lot more than you could say about a lot of us, I think, especially Absolutely. in this heat. As, as a matter of fact, I'll, I'll tell this this little story. Um, I play soccer and I, w- I live in San Antonio, Texas, and I was thinking about getting a new pair of soccer cleats. I'm 58 years old and I thought, well, I don't you know, investing in a new pair of soccer cleats, that's, you know, not quite ambitious. Yeah, it's quite ambitious. <laughs> so I was at my dad's house a few months ago and I saw a brand new glove. And I said, Dad, whose glove is this? And he said, it's mine. I'm going to start breaking it in so I can use it in a couple of years. <laughs> so there's inspiration there. Hope springs eternal. Oh, that's uh, that's great. That actually leads me to to sort of one of my next questions is that a lot of people aren't feeling the best right now. They're a little scared to, to, to go out, sort of, you know, enjoy, live life. What advice would you give to other people who are scared to go out and enjoy life right now? Oh, that's a, that's a tough one because uh, I, th- three of my children are MDs and they say, take it easy. K-Boy is not, yeah. K-Boy yeah. Is not one of the doctors. Yeah, that's why K-Boy hangs out with us. <laughs> None of us are MDs. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're telling me stay home, and but I, I they're not complaining when I go play uh, softball because that's what keeps me alive. And and also they didn't complain when Ricky offered up some tickets to go to the World Series. <laughs> so he jumped in the car with me and we drove from Venice, Florida through Alabama. We stopped to see my son. We took about four days to get over here. And, you know, being on the road and just seeing the country, especially going mm-hmm. through these these back roads is just incredible because there's so much out there. You can stay home if you want, but get out there and see the world. Absolutely. What, what was the, the very well said? What was the best thing that you saw on the road? We saw cotton fields, Dad. The cotton fields, right? That's you know, something. You, the bull weevil. We saw the bull weevil. And, and Enterprise, Alabama, there's a statue to the bull weaver because the bull weevil wrecked the cotton and they had to do something else. And that something else was peanuts. <laughs> and so they became uh, wealthy. The town became wealthy by growing peanuts. Oh. And oh, that's actually, awesome! It was it was George Washington Carver, uh, the uh, who did uh, who suggested the peanuts and risked planting peanuts, and they grew like they were at home. Hmm. Oh, that's a great story to tell. For you, Rick, going back to you, you mentioned and sort of talking about Mr. Ritchie's passion for life. Can you elaborate on a moment that made you light up because of Mr. Ritchie? Yeah, you know, I'll just go to this weekend right here, and 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 maybe I'll go back to the reunion. What was that? Five years ago, maybe when we had the reunion yeah. to cool. see Mr. Richie. And this is late, and and you know, I get up early to go to work, and Mr. Richie's he's up later than I was at this reunion. <laughs> he's out there dancing, and he's dancing, and he's dancing, and, and you know, I don't get out there unless I've had a couple of drinks, and and Mr. Richie's just dancing and just full of life, and and there's people just lined up to dance with, but. This weekend, I'm telling you, to see Mr. Ritchie stretching out, um, out in the outfield, running out, you know, like warming up. I mean, I couldn't even warm up. I, I thought about it. And I saw him out there like, how's he doing that? I can't even do that without getting worn out. But he was out there and he's just, I mean, when you see him, he's just, he really is. He's hes an inspiration just by who he is. I mean, I, I wish you could have heard some of the stories afterwards, Mr. Ritchie, with all of us. Johnny? Yeah, I'd, I'd, love, this, I'd love to share a story about Mr. Ritchie with uh I still play a lot of ball and I play uh, a senior pro-am league that uh, has some pretty talented guys and a lot of big names that, that if you're a baseball fan, Canseco, Dante Bichette, a lot of big name ball players that, that I play with on, on uh, twice, uh, once a month, I'm sorry. And I was playing a tournament in Venice. This is about three or four years ago. 
and I was playing left field and I kept hearing someone call my name and I kept looking over and I, I didn't recognize, you know, at first I kept looking over. Then all of a sudden it dawned on me that it was Mr. Richie and I hadn't seen him in, in probably five years, maybe a little bit longer. So he came over and, and I went up and sat with him in the bleachers and we started talking and, you know, I said, Mr. Richie, what are you doing out here? Do you, do you come out here often? He goes, oh yeah, I'm out here. And I said, oh, what, you, you come out and watch the games? He said, oh no, I play. And I, I said, you, you're in this tournament because it's this tournament has got guys that are that have played at a very high level. And uh, he said, yeah, I play. We, we, I play in the seventy and over league. And I'm, and I was kind of shocked. I didn't even know I was playing in the senior league. I didn't realize that there was seventy and over. So I said, I, I was kind of asking him about it, and he said, well, it's kind of funny because of our age, and and how we're how we get around out there. He says in our league they call us the rollers. Of course, you know, that's not something I'd heard about a ball player before. So I said, well, can, Mr. Richie, what's a roller? He said, well, none of us can throw overhand anymore. So we have to roll it in from the outfield. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great story, but also a great adaptation for, for still getting out there and playing well, that's, sports. That's, that's, that's exactly my point is that, you know, when I was there that day and then, you know, now we're probably four or five years, four, four or five years later and, you know, during our, our tournament this weekend with a bunch of guys that hadn't played in 20 years, 25 years, and I had a chance to 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 get Mr. Ritchie in the game. It was uh, and, and to watch the other team shake his hand as he went from base to base and 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 everybody just really acknowledging that, you know, a lot of us complain about things and, and you know, I'm hurting here, I'm hurting there. And and here's you know, 90 years old and he's out there running the bases and he's lit. He is running the bases. It's not a, hot, a wobble or a, you know, a slow trot. It is a run to the bases. Um, so it's quite impressive. And, and, you know, we got some, we got some good video of it if you ever want to see it. Absolutely. I, I think everybody w- would love to see it and, and sort of, I guess, segueing to, to that part. Now, for, for those who can't see us live right now, we're actually joined by several of the BCB drivers on the new BCB live platform. You guys have a dedicated studio within the BCB offices. Rick, can you tell us a little bit about what is BCB live, your radio component? Tell us a little bit about w- what it is all about and why do you think it's important? Yeah, so, you know, it was about two years ago that we we really made a decision that we've got to find a way, a better platform to talk to our drivers. You know, it's it's so easy to send emails and and to do these things. But when it came to safety, when it came to protecting life and and Blythe, you know that when we talk safety at BCB, it's about one thing. It's about protecting life. That's what our drivers do out there on the road today. We're at one hundred and seventy four days of accident-free DOT accident block. That's so we wow. run 700,000 miles a week. And just think, I mean, it, it's, it's absolutely amazing what our drivers do and the platform we've talked about. We, you know, for us, we share videos of, of things that we need to work on. We share videos of, uh, of things that we've done very well at, you know, when it comes to, and, and it kind of goes to a sports things, you know, we talk to our drivers and, you know, they hold a CDL. They really are in the association. They're the best of the best. And if they're the best of the best, Blythe, what we believe is they also have to look at film. You know, you talk mm-hmm. about Brady. Well, Brady doesn't just go out there and throw the ball. He looks at him and reviews tape, reviews tape, reviews tape. We do the exact same thing. We look at our close calls. We look at uh, the deer strikes. We look at running red lights, at, you know, things that we did. And we say, okay, what should we do to not 
you know, how do we see these things before they happen? How do we recognize what's going on so we can be a safer driver and get not only ourselves, our drivers back home safe, but to be safe on the road and allow others, the car, the people driving the vehicles to get ha- get back home to their family as well. Absolutely. Very well said. And and I think that you guys, we said this before the show started, that you guys are really at the forefront of, of getting that kind of message out there to your drivers. And so it's really great to see it all sort of come to life, especially in a setting like this. And so I, I'll, I'll leave with one more final question. Why do you think that as far as like in business and in life, why do you think the message and the perspective of a guy like Mr. Richie helps you in your business? So Friday, I, when we started the show, I really, I kind of went a different way with it. And it became with, uh, with stress. You know, we're so focused when we're in our truck. We're so focused mm-hmm. at work. And that's not just us as drivers. That's us in general. That's how we are. We're so focused and we're so tensed up. When we get out of the truck, we've got to learn to relax. And when I saw Mr. Ritchie and it, when I called you up on it, it just kind of, it gave me that idea to, I needed to start talking to our drivers because we're coming on, you know, people call it Christmas and Thanksgiving, some of the greatest days. But let me tell you, it's also some of the most stressful times. It's about getting home to your family, about missing out or having to leave out of the house early so you don't spend that Thanksgiving day with your family or Christmas. There's more traffic. There's bat, you know, The weather begins to turn as well. So what happens in our industry, and especially with our truck drivers, it, it's Christmas, it's Thanksgiving, but it's a stressful time. Our focus for the month of November is going to be this. When you're out of the truck, you know, learn to love your wife, your husband, your kids. Spend that time with them. Get out of the truck and and get your mind away from it. You know, when I saw Mr. Richie, I tell you, it really did. It got it made me really think about this for November for our company was look at him living life. Hmm. Look at the way that he's he's given it all he has. And 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 it's not just for himself. It's the joy that he spreads on to everybody else. When you see him, it's infectious. And and that's what we talked about today. And, you know, I've got some guys on here, some folks, some of our drivers listening. And we talked about that today, how we all have that same ability. We've got that same, whether it's opening up a door for somebody, whether it's somebody on the corner, you're giving them some money, whatever that is, we have that same ability to to do what Mr. Richie did for us this weekend. And that was to be an inspiration. Absolutely. Well said. Mike drop on that point. So I, I guess I, I'll just end it with this. Does anybody else have any really good stories to share about Mr. Richie or just playing sports in general? What I, I did want to bring up a couple of things. One was in, in the past, I used to drive across the States a lot, especially Texas to Florida to go see my dad and mom. Hmm. And I used to complain a lot about the trucks being on the road. And like a lot of people were just like, oh, so many damn trucks. Once this COVID hit, and we realized that the guys who were bringing us food and supplies are the guys in the trucks driving across the states. And it gives us a, a whole new perspective on the sacrifice these guys make. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that. Very well said. Um, can I say one more word? Absolutely. You okay. have the floor. <laughs> well, I'm a- actually, I really began to enjoy playing softball after I had a heart attack. <laughs> in 1993, and they took them four jolts to get me back to life. So I'd already been gone and were brought back. So it's been a gift for these mm. 27 years to play softball. Mm. Just, I enjoy it every minute. That's what That's- it's what keeps me alive. 
That's well said. Well said. I, I, I wish we could have started with that story. What a great story. Because especially from a sports perspective, that's that's usually when people stop playing, you know, stop playing their respective sport and especially during a time like this. So I, I really appreciate you guys sharing the, those stories. I, I think everybody is going to find a lot of, of hope and, and relatability with those stories. We've all, you know, been suffering extended amounts of stress during, you know, some more so than others. But now as things start to open back up and, you know, people start going back out there and living their lives, I, I think that you guys have a really important inspirational story that to, to encourage others to maybe not be so scared and to get back out there because otherwise, you know, the, the, this, there's really not much worth doing if you're not going to get out there and enjoy life. Thank you, Blythe. So thank you guys so much. And I guess that that will end it for us right now, unless you guys have any 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 closing statements. No, no these will, these, the rest of the statements, will, the stories will come after a couple <laughs> drinks. <last time. laughs> we'll better end it right here. Hey, thank you so much for doing this. I do appreciate you. And thank you for all you do. Absolutely. Likewise, right back at you and, and all of the drivers that are listening as well. Thank you guys for everything that you do. Well, there you have it. The good news story that will hopefully inspire you a bit to get after life and keep living it. Now, to follow along with BCP Transport's journey, visit the website at bcptransport.com. Don't forget to also check out their live radio programming available at bcb-live.com. And to hear and watch more stories like this, be sure to subscribe to the Digital Dispatch podcast and YouTube channel where we share stories about how stuff and people get from point A to point B. Hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. And until next time, my name is Blythe Brumleave, and I will see you real soon.